Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio podcast. This is episode number 113. Hard to believe that I'm already 13 episodes past episode 100. Feels like it was just yesterday. Um, Alright, we're starting things off fast and furious here out of Brazil. This is a very new band, but uh, with some old dudes. <laughs> so... The band is called the Troops of Doom, and that is uh, a band that was founded by the uh, original guitar player of Sepultura, uh, the Tormentor, Jairo, at least that's how I assume it's pronounced, J-A-I-R-O. Um, he's been in other projects over the years, but nothing really particularly noteworthy, and this is kind of his return back into the uh, kind of extreme metal world. Um... He, of course, participated on the debut um, for Sepultura and then left and was replaced by uh, Andreas Kisser. Um, personally, I mean, I think that that really early stuff of Sepultura is a bit uh, overrated. Um, maybe it's just because I wasn't around at the time when it was released, but uh, listening to it, you know, later on in life, um, I just, I don't know, I didn't really see what was so special about it. By the time they got to, like, Beneath the Remains, and uh, Arise, I mean, there's there was obviously something special with those records. Those are great records. But yeah, the really early stuff didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, that being said, this band, the Troops of Doom, it's named after one of the songs off of the debut. And the style is very much in that same vein. Some good death thrash, but with a modern production. Uh, vocals are pretty good. Guitar work is quite good. Um, so yeah, even though I'm not, you know, that big on those first couple of Sepultura records, um, I, I dig this stuff. It's pretty good. So they did some EPs in 2020 and then one last year as well. They're coming out with their debut uh, full-length album called Antichrist Reborn. That's coming out on April 15th through Alma Mater Records, which I believe is owned and run by uh, Fernando, the singer of uh, Moonspell. I think I saw something recently about uh, him kind of being excited about releasing this thing. So... They just released a uh, music video for their first single uh, off of this record, and it's pretty good. I mean, it doesn't sound any different from the EPs that they've released. Everything's uh, still very much in that same style, pretty ferocious. So here we go, off of the upcoming album, Antichrist Reborn. This is the Troops of Doom with Altar of Delusion.
Alright, there we go. That was the Troops of Doom from Brazil with Altar of Delusion. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the EPs, uh, you should go back and take a listen now before this uh, this album comes out because it's pretty good. It might wet your whistle a little bit before the full length comes out here. Um, Alright, we're going to keep things pretty uh, aggressive. This one starts off a little slower, but it definitely uh, picks up steam as it goes along. This is one of my favorite uh, kind of modern uh, thrash bands that I've discovered in recent years. Been around since 2009 out of Atlanta, Georgia. It is Sadistic Ritual, and they released an album, their debut actually, uh, in 2019 called Visionaire of Death that is like one of my favorite modern thrash albums. It's just... uh, Really excellent guitar tone and the vocals, especially. Uh, he's got a really, really cool, just nasty voice, and I really dig it. So, I've been kind of listening to that album a lot over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of always keeping an eye if they're doing anything new. And then I came across this uh, single that they released off of their second album. So, the album's going to be called The Enigma Boundless. And that's coming out uh, on April 20th through Prosthetic Records. And as I said, this is their second album. So even though they've been around since 2009, they just kind of did some uh, some demos and a couple of EPs and things like that uh, up until 2019 when they finally uh, released a full length. So this is full length number two. And yes, they've only released the one single so far. They've released the um, cover art as well, which is very interesting. It's a lot more kind of avant-garde-ish. It's kind of a collage of lots of different very colorful things, so it's kind of got a lot more uh, color in it than you tend to see with some, you know, metal covers. But it's cool. It's different. It makes it stand out, which I like. So the song itself is cool. Um, It's got the exact same guitar tone as the debut, and the guy's voice sounds as good as ever. And I really like the way it kind of builds up and then speeds up, like once you get into the middle of the song. But uh, here we go, off of the second album, The Enigma Boundless. This is Sadistic Ritual with End of All Roads.
right. That was Sadistic Ritual from Atlanta, Georgia with End of All Roads. Really good. I really, really like that band. There's really only a handful of modern-day thrash bands that I really enjoy. I've kind of made myself a little playlist of them uh, on Spotify that I listen to fairly often while I'm out running errands and things like that. But yeah, they are uh, one of my favorites. Uh, All right, we're going to Austria here, a band that's been around since 92, delivering a punishing brand of black and death metal. Sometimes it leans more on the black side, sometimes more on the death side. It just depends from album to album. But that band is Belfagor, and Belfagor has some really ridiculous lyrics. Uh, I mean, they're very much on the satanic side uh, with their imagery and lyrics and everything like that, but since English is not their first language, uh, it results in some kind of comedic lyrics at times. It's very hard to take it seriously. I don't think you should, anyways, but um, but yeah, they're excellent. I mean, I've always enjoyed the music. Um, it's always been very melodic and still very intense. And the drumming uh, is especially good on every record, and uh, myself being a drummer, of course, uh, that will always catch my attention. The same thing with my son. Thankfully, he's young enough to where he doesn't really understand what they're saying or anything like that. But he just loves the drums and the fast music, you know. So um, when we're driving in the car, sometimes he'll request a certain Belfagor song. Of course, we uh, he doesn't really know the names of them. We just kind of have little code code names for what song he's, you know, wanting to hear. But... Um, Long story short here, I'm Facebook friends with uh, their former drummer, Torturer. His name's Florian Klein. Um, But yeah, he posts, you know, videos sometimes of him just kind of doing some drum cam stuff, you know, doing a a playthrough of an old Belfagor song. Or he's also the drummer for Bethlehem as well, so he does some playthroughs for some Bethlehem songs and among other things. But uh, yeah, he posted something um, a few weeks back because it was the anniversary of the release of uh, Goat Reich Flesh Cult. Not a big anniversary, like 20 years or something like that, but he just happened to say, like, oh, on this day back in 2005, we released this record. You know, what's your favorite songs off of it? And what do you remember from that time period? Blah, blah, blah. So. I commented and said that was the first time that I saw Belfagor was uh, when they were supporting that record. And it was at Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth. And I can't remember who they were with. I want to say it was with Unleashed and Chrissian, if I remember right, on that tour. And it was great. And I feel like it was on a weeknight. So the crowd wasn't massive, but it was still a decent crowd. But I was kind of right up front on the right side. And they were great. Um, that was my first real taste of Belfagor. I think I had heard the song Lucifer Incestus before that. Um, but yeah, this was my first like full full dose of Belfagor, and I was a fan ever since, so I, I let him know of that. He thought that was pretty cool that I remembered uh, who was on the bill for that tour. <laughs> but this album, Goat Reich Flesh Cult, came out in February of uh, 05. It was their fifth album. Uh, they're up to 11 now. I think they're working on... Uh, their next one. Uh, But this came out when they were still on Napalm Records. And it was a bit of a game changer. Like they were still... Like Lucifer Incestus was their first foray into a more polished uh, approach to their sound. Uh, They had really hit their stride with that album. And on this one, they kind of uh, expanded upon it even further. And uh, it really kind of um, made their popularity continue to grow. Um, I'm going to play the title track off of this record, which I like because it's a little more on the death metal side and even has some kind of deicide 
type riffs in there um, that I like a lot. And it's one that I know Florian did a uh, drum playthrough video for fairly recently that I watched. And it's just a good short and sweet, fast and heavy. So here we go, off of Goat Reich Flesh Cult. I don't know why I'm having difficulty saying that. This is Belfagor with Goat Reich Flesh Cult. Right, there we go. That is Belfagor from Austria with Goat Reich Flesh Cult. Great album. Um, some really stupid lyrics on some of those tunes, but uh, but a great album nonetheless. All right, 
We're going to the USA once again. There's actually a lot of American bands on this episode, so get used to hearing me say that. This one's out of Florida. The always, uh, always plentiful Florida death metal scene. This band's been around since 09. This is the project of uh, Gene Palabicki from uh, Angel Corpse. That is Perdition Temple, and even though they're a little one-dimensional, like they're, they're, everything's always very fast and very intense, then it can be a little much to listen to like a whole record of that for most bands. This is one band that I love it. Like I, I listen to them all the time. <laughs> it's, it's become uh, one of my go-to bands. Like I said, when I'm listening to Sadistic Ritual and stuff when I'm out running errands. This is another one of those bands that when I'm out doing some work or going for a walk or something like that, I'll put on some uh, Perdition Temple here. But they're coming out with uh, their fourth album in June of this year. It's called Merciless Upheaval. It's coming out through Hell's Headbangers, and uh, they released their first single off of it kind of unexpectedly. Uh, I didn't really see anything that they were, you know, everybody tune in Friday, we got a new single dropping or whatever. Um, I heard nothing about it, and then it just kind of was released. I just saw it on Facebook, and they said, hey, everybody, here's a new single. And it's good. I mean, it picks right up where the other albums left off. They're not doing any sort of drastic change to their formula at this point. But um, really good, great vocals, very intense. The, the production's not spectacular, but um, it's not bad either. Everything can still be heard pretty clearly. But yes, I am excited. We still got to wait till June, but I am excited for, uh, for another album from these guys. So here we go, off of the upcoming album, Merciless Upheaval. This is Perdition Temple with Redemption Abattoir. <laughs>
right, there we go. That is Perdition Temple from Florida with Redemption Abattoir off of their upcoming album, Merciless Upheaval. So yeah, the productions, I mean, it's not bad by any means, but it's just like a little thin, but I guess all their stuff kind of is really. They kind of just have their sound. But um, but yeah, I dig that tune. All right, we're going back to Atlanta, Georgia here. Uh, not at all the same as Sadistic Ritual. This is much more slow and chunky and primitive. This band's been around since 06. That is Father Befouled. And um, I think I first heard them with their last album, which came out in 2017, I want to say. 16 or 17. Um, But it's good, very kind of incantation-inspired death metal. It just goes at a slow to kind of mid pace. Uh, Very chunky, still stays interesting. Uh, I really like their stuff. Well, I, I say I like their stuff. I like the last album, and I like <laughs> what I've heard off of this new one, but I haven't really checked out uh, the first three. I need to do that. It's just There's just too many bands that I need to do that, uh, dive back into their discography. I can't keep them all straight in my head anymore. But, um, but yeah, they're coming out with uh, a new record called Crowned in Venefic- Veneficum. Is that how you pronounce that? Damn it, I meant to look that up before <laughs> before I pushed record. But yeah, V-E-N-E-F-I-C-U-M. So we're going with that. But it's coming out on March 25th, so it's coming out very soon. Uh, it's their fifth album, and, and it's their first one since, well, yeah, in five years. So that's 2017. Uh, it's coming out through Everlasting Spew Records, which is a hilarious label name, but I've been seeing them more and more. They're actually releasing some uh, some pretty good stuff recently. But yes, this is, I think, the first or second single. I think they've released two singles off of this now at this point. I can't remember if this was the first or second. But it's a really cool tune, and I will share it with you now. I had to look up how to say the first word here and the definition of it, uh, because I frankly had never, ever seen this word before. So, (laughs) so yeah. This is Father Befouled with Catabatic Deliverance. Catabatic is a word that means relating to or being a wind produced by the flow of cold, dense air down a slope. So I guess it's the deliverance of cold, strong air down a mountain. I guess that's cool. I don't know. So here we go. Father Be Fouled with Catabatic Deliverance.
you go. That is Father Befouled with Catabatic Deliverance off of their upcoming record, Crowned in Veneficum. Veneficum? Somebody tell me how to pronounce that. Because um, I've seen that in other titles and stuff as well and never truly known how to say it. Uh, Alright, we're going, well, staying in the USA for the next couple, actually. Out of Florida, once again. This band, if you want to call it that, has been around since last year. This is Corpse Grinder, and this is the solo album of George Corpse Grinder Fisher from Cannibal Corpse. Um, basically, his friend, uh, Jamie Josta from Hate Breed, had just kind of been bugging him for years, really, and saying, you should do a solo record. You should let me produce a solo record with you. And I guess finally George agreed. And I think Jamie Josta pretty much put the whole thing together. Um, he enlisted a couple of brothers, what are their names, Charlie and Nick uh, Belmore. And I had never really heard of them, but I guess they're former members of uh, Toxic Holocaust. So they handled all the music. Um, Eric Rutan, who of course is now in Cannibal Corpse as well, um, he did some guest uh, guitar work on the opening cut, Acid Vat, uh, on this record. It's a self-titled record just called Corpse Grinder. Um, came out on February 25th of this year through the Perseverance Media Group, which I'd never heard of, so I checked it out, and this is their first and only release so far, so I'm guessing this is just kind of a label made up, you know, by probably by Jamie Josta, <laughs> but uh, I'm not even sure if there's physical copies of this album anywhere. It might just be out there, you know, on streaming platforms and such, but uh, got some really cool and kind of silly cover art, you know, of George, a very overly muscular George uh, on the front, just like ripping apart zombies and skeletons and stuff. But uh, the production, this was actually mixed and mastered by uh, one of those Belmore brothers. I think it was Nick Belmore, the drummer, uh, did the mixing and mastering on this. And it is very heavy, very bass heavy, very clear. Um, I do have a complaint. I'm playing a song that is actually a little more dynamic, I guess. It has some some different uh, tempos and things going on in there, but for the most part, this album is very kind of slow to mid-paced, and every song is kind of the same tempo, and it just kind of gets old. It's not a long album by any means. All the songs are quite short, but they all just kind of have that feeling of just feeling the same, you know what I mean? So I listened through the whole record a couple of times, and it's cool. George sounds great, of course. He always does. Um... But yeah, it's just, it gets a little boring. But this song is one of the singles, actually, and uh, it's got a little more going on uh, within the tune. So this one is definitely a favorite of mine for that reason. So here we go off of the self-titled solo record from Corpse Grinder. This is On Wings of Carnage. Savage blows 
right, that was Corpse Grinder with On Wings of Carnage. Definitely one of the more interesting songs um, off of the record. Uh, one thing I, I did want to say is that the only thing that's kind of not clear to me as to uh, the person's role on the record is the lyrics. It doesn't say anywhere that I can find as to who wrote the lyrics, if it was George himself or if, uh, you know, Jamie Josta assisted with that since he's the producer. I'm not really sure. It doesn't. I can't find it anywhere. But if George wrote them, they're not bad. I mean, they're. I don't think they're Cannibal Corpse level, but they're not bad to the point where I feel like he probably could be included in some lyric writing in the future with Cannibal. But uh, anyways, staying in the USA here, going to Portland, Maine. This band's been around since '05, and they are great. I had not heard of them until twenty. 11, I want to say it was, and uh, that band is Falls of Raros, and uh, my friend and former roommate, Corey, uh, let me know about them, and they were excellent. Uh, so excellent, in fact, that uh, they were one of the key reasons why uh, me and Corey and our friend Ryan and uh, another friend Matt all went up to uh, Connecticut and uh, went to a music festival there because, like, Agaloc was playing Obsidian Tongue, Falls of Raros, Evoken. I mean, there were some great bands on that bill, but Falls of Raros is one that we definitely uh, were very excited to see live, and they were very nice dudes. And then, you know, years later, uh, when Kriegsgrove and Giant of the Mountain did our East Coast tour in uh, the spring of 2016, uh, we played a show with them in Portland, Maine, and... Not only was the show itself probably the best show of the entire tour, the venue was great, the sound was great, huge crowd, we sold a ton of merch, Falls of Ross was excellent when they played, and then after that they invited us to their house, because some of the members, it was like a three-story house if I remember right, and some of the members lived on the second and third floors, and they had another neighbor who was not, you know, in the band or anything, but they were all friends, uh, lived on the ground level, from what I remember. And yeah, we pretty much just crashed there for the night and just partied <laughs> and drank a lot. And uh, from what I remember, Cody said that he wanted to see the uh, Atlantic Ocean, because that was one ocean he had not seen yet. Uh, so, yeah, in the middle of the night, probably 2 a.m., and we were all pretty drunk, we walked down the street to the beach, <laughs> to the ocean, just so Cody could stick his feet in some frigid water and and taste this, taste the sea, taste the Atlantic. Um, but, yeah, that was a hell of a time, and uh, we, we all still loosely keep in touch, you know, on Facebook and everything, but uh, they're good dudes, great musicians, and they're coming out with a, a new album, their sixth album now, uh, it's called Key to a Vanishing Future. It's coming out on uh, March 25th, so it's right around the corner here through Eisenwald. And they have released a couple of singles now, and they're excellent. I mean, they they have a pretty high standard with me personally. Like, I always just expect greatness from them, and they always deliver. They've, they have yet to let me down. So here we go off of the upcoming album Key to a Vanishing Future. This is Falls of Raros with Poverty Hymn.
right, that is Falls of Raros from Portland, Maine with Poverty Him. Really talented dudes. Um, good guys, good friends they are with one another. Um, it's been pretty cool to see them uh, keep keep the band together, like the lineup intact and everything this entire time. Uh, it's been really cool. Um, Alright, we're jumping to Sweden here. This is a one-man band that's been doing their thing since 2015. Uh, they've only released two albums up to this point. I'm going to play something off of the most recent album that came out in January of 2020. The band is called Your de Blood. And the second album is called The Cabinet of Numinous Song. And that came out, as I said, in January 2020 through Iron Bonehead Productions, which is a very cool label. I like a lot of their releases. But it's different. It's interesting. It's black metal, but it's kind of got some other elements in there, especially with the guitar work. Uh, there's kind of some, like traditional heavy metal type riffs in there uh, but it's still very much you know rooted in black metal but it's different it's a little unique um, I can't talk much about this project because I frankly just don't know a whole hell of a lot but um, I don't think I don't think I've heard the debut but um, this one this one was weird because I had first heard it and really liked it and then listened to it a bit and then took a break from it for quite a while it's been a while since I've heard it and then coming back to it I don't even remember what possessed me to come back to it um, listening through it again after like a year separation it doesn't hit the same it's not quite as good to me now listening to it as it was when I first heard it it's kind of worn off a little bit but uh, you could be the judge for yourself so, here we go, off of the second album, The Cabinet of Numinous Song. This is Your de Blood with The Beauty of Every Wound.
There we go. That is Your the Blood from Sweden with the beauty of every wound. It's definitely interesting. I mean, obviously there's some kind of doom elements in there as well, but still kind of some black metal roots and some more just kind of heavy metal riffing at times and definitely interesting. But um, but yeah, I should go and listen to the uh, to the debut because like I said, that second album I liked a lot and then it's kind of worn off on me. I don't like it quite as much these days, but I should go back and listen to the debut. Whoops, sorry, the cat's bumping the mic. Cat, what are you doing? That's just going to be part of the show from now on. Now that I have a cat, uh, he'll be fast asleep all evening. And then the moment I set everything up and hit record, then he decides that he is awake and he wants to be in the mix over here. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, Austria here. This band's been around since 2016. Very retro, uh, very traditional heavy metal going on here kind of borders on new wave of British heavy metal kind of vibes all clean vocals and stuff just kind of got that cool retro vibe the band is called Venator V-E-N-A-T-O-R and uh, they just released their debut less than a month ago uh, came out on February 25th called Echoes from the Gutter came out through Dying Victims Productions and um, yeah like I said it's their debut and it's pretty good uh, the vocals a little one-dimensional but he's got a pretty good voice um, from what I remember, I want to say I made a note here that he reminded me a little bit of like Robert Lowe from like Solitude Eternus, but uh, we'll have to see if that's if that rings true. I don't remember. I wrote it down, so I clearly I thought it at some point. But yes, uh, the record itself is pretty good. Some of the songs uh, they kind of ramble on a little too long, kind of like me all the time. But um, but yeah, like some of these songs, if they were four and a half minutes, they would be fine. But they kind of uh, drift on to like the six minute range and it's just a little too much but uh, it's the debut you know they'll, they'll refine things they'll get better don't worry so here we go off of the debut album echoes from the gutter this is venator with the seventh seal
All right, that was Venator from Austria with the Seventh Seal off of their debut, Echoes from the Gutter. Yeah, he does have a little bit of that Robert Lowe vibe um, sometimes when he's kind of holding his notes. Um, but yeah, good voice, could use a little more variety. He could use a little more a little more range from time to time. But um, but it's solid. It's good. It fits with you know bands like Haunt and stuff like that. Um, all right, we're jumping to New Zealand here. Have not uh, have not played a band from New Zealand in a while. You know I love their death metal scene down there. How everything is just kind of very uh, cavernous and just full of echo and more primitive riffing and low vocals. And they they all have a very similar sound. But I just love that overall soundscape that they create in that scene down there. Um, one of my albums of the year a couple years ago was the most recent uh, Ulcerate record, and uh, this band is actually a two-man band consisting of, I think, I should double-check this, but I want to say, I don't think they're both current members of Ulcerate. I think there's one current member and one former member, but they made this two-man band um, that's been around since 2009, but they really haven't released anything um, until November of last year. The band is called The Temple, and I discovered this quite by accident um, just maybe a month and a half ago, <laughs> you know? Never even heard of this. Um, but yeah, they released a, a self-titled debut in November of last year, and they released it independently from what I've seen. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was released through any sort of a label. I don't even know if there's physical copies of this. Um, I just came across it on Spotify, and I think it's excellent. Um, it definitely is in that same vein as Ulcerate, right down to the production and everything uh, as well. So, But it's just a really good record, and I've been listening to it a lot. I think I posted about it on my own personal Facebook page recently and just kind of said, like, am I the only one who's never heard of this band <laughs> until recently? Because I think it's great, you know. Um, and it seems I'm not the only one. So yes, very good stuff. Definitely fits with that New Zealand sound. So here we go off of the self-titled debut album. This is The Temple with Prophecy Omega.
right, that was The Temple from New Zealand with Prophecy Omega off of their self-titled debut. That's a really good record. Um, so if you're like me and just kind of heard nothing about it, uh, I suggest you check it out. Um, all right, we're going to Greece here. This band has been around since 1990. I really was not much of a fan at all of their early output, and then they kind of took a, a break. I think they disbanded in like 2000 one or two and then maybe like four years later they reformed again and ever since they reformed they've kind of been on a roll and that band is septic flesh um my son loves them simply because he's one of his favorite drummers is uh, karim lechner krim so yes krim even though he is not greek he's been uh, the drummer for septic flesh now for the last handful of years uh which is cool because i knew that he was a big fan of theirs and everything and he did a uh, drum cam like a drum cover basically on his YouTube channel of uh, one of their tunes and I guess they saw it and whenever they were in need of a drummer uh, they reached out so that's pretty cool it fits him like a glove and he seems to love uh, being in that band but yes uh, their last album Codex Omega was the first one with Krim uh, on drums and he did an excellent job uh, so yeah, they're finally coming out with the follow-up to that one called Modern Primitive coming out on May 20th uh, of this year through Nuclear Blast. It'll be their 11th record overall. But um, they released their first single and music video and everything for it. And uh, it's not bad. It's a little underwhelming. I mean, it still sounds like them, but it's just kind of a slower... It's very epic, of course, very big... Um, the singer and uh, one of the guitar players are brothers and uh, the brother who is on guitar whose name is escaping me right now but he studied like classical composition at like uh, some famous school in England and he's won awards and stuff for some of his compositions I know some of his uh, compositions from the last album uh, not well not just from the last album but some uh, of his compositions from the last few albums that he's done um, have are being used as teaching tools in some music classes at like UC Berkeley, which of course is famous for its music program. But yes, that's pretty cool that some of this stuff that he's composing just for the background of these Septic Flesh records, you know, to make these songs sound epic, uh, they're so well done that they're being celebrated um, and taught in, you know, music courses and stuff. It's pretty awesome. So yes, definitely lots of uh, orchestration and uh, very big sound, crystal clear production, but um, the song itself is just a little boring to me, but it's, it's growing on me. It's a grower for sure. Um, definitely excited about this record though. It's been a long time coming. I think Krim tracked the drums for it back in 2020 when everything was kind of first getting shut down and all that uh, due to the pandemic. So uh, his part has been done for quite some time. So yes, off of the new album Modern Primitive, this is Septic Flesh with Herophant.
Alright, there we go. That is Septic Flesh from Greece with Hierophant or Hierophant. I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to decipher exactly how they're saying it, um, the way that they sing it in the song. Uh, I actually confused my son and confused myself when it came to the band lineup because you see pictures, kind of more recent pictures and everything, and one of the members has a shaved bald head. And then you watch the live DVD that they just released, like, last year, the year before. And both guitar players have hair. Like, the one with the with the dreadlocks is the singer's brother. And then the other one just kind of has normal long hair. So, um, I said to my son, I said, oh, that the other guitar player, not the one with the dreadlocks, the other one must have shaved his head. There's a, there's a bald head guy in the band there. And so we thought this was the same person and just shaved their hair off. And then they released a picture, promotional picture for this new album, and there's an extra member in there. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? So I kind of looked into it, and it's because they, the bald-headed guy is an original member, guitar player, but he, his work status is such that he can't really miss a bunch of time at his job to go tour and such. So they have this other guitar player, the one with the long hair, is their touring guitar player, but he's been with them touring for so long that they pretty much view him as a full-time member as well. So the bald guy really just does studio sessions, like songwriting, uh, plays on the albums, he does the clean vocals, but he doesn't tour. So they've got, basically have three guitar players, so that's why I got way confused when they released this new picture that had like an extra member. <laughs> so there's two long-haired guitar players and the bald guitar player, and I'm just like, what the hell's going on? So I had to like look it up and explain it to my son that like, oh, that's not the same guy. There's just an extra, extra person in there. Um, Alright, what the hell are we doing here? Alright, we're going to Brooklyn, New York in the USA. This band's been around since 2013, and it's just some... Nasty kind of blackened thrash, and it's a band that I heard on um, Fenris from Dark Throne, his current podcast. I guess you call it a podcast. He has that thing called Fenris Metal Pact, which I am a uh, Patreon supporter of. It's like three bucks a month to access his episodes, so it's been a while since I've listened to him. So I started listening, and he played this band, and I thought they were pretty cool. The band is called Throat but there's two A's in it, so it's T-H-R-O-A-A-T. And they're pretty good. They released a demo in 2013, and then they've done three EPs in, like, 2015 and 2016. So they were pretty busy that year. But they released their debut full-length in 2017, and to my knowledge, they haven't released much since. They're still active, but uh, they haven't released much since this. But the, uh, the debut album is called Reflections in Darkness, and that came out through Dying Victims Productions. So here we go. This is Throat from Brooklyn with Tormentia. <laughs>
that was Throat with two A's from Brooklyn, New York with Tormentia off of Reflections in Darkness. That's their debut full length. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. If you like it even more filthy than that, I suggest you check out their uh, their demo and their EPs and such uh, from 2013 and 2015. They're out there on YouTube and they have a more uh, rough around the edges kind of production, which kind of surprisingly suits the music maybe even better than the production on the full length. <laughs> so. All right, we're staying in the USA. I told you we were staying in the USA quite a bit this episode. And I ain't lying. So this band has been around since 03 in one form or another. Um, Really kind of a one-man band, sometimes a two-man band. Just kind of flip-flops around. Um, The band is Hour of 13, and they were originally based out of North Carolina and then moved to Virginia, and now I believe they're based out of San Francisco, out in California. But um, they had a singer whose name is Phil Swanson, and um, I first checked out this band because of Phil Swanson, because he was the singer on the Summerlands album. Um, Summerlands is a band of kind of younger kids, basically, from Philly, and they had Phil do the vocals on it and uh outstanding record i mean it's kind of very traditional heavy metal uh the guitar tone reminds me very much of like van halen's 1984 record or like ozzy's ultimate sin um kind of guitar tone great guitar tone great riffing but his vocals were great very unique voice kind of has an ozzy ish touch to it um but he's a great singer, and I saw that he was also in this band, Hour of Thirteen. Uh, I think he was on the first two records, first two or three. Um, and then he left, and then the guitar player, whose band it kind of truly is, uh, took over on vocals. And his vocals are not bad. I mean, he, he can carry a tune, <clears throat> but um, they're just not as unique and interesting as Phil Swanson's. But I'm going to play something off of what I believe is the last one to feature Phil Swanson. Uh, The album's called 333, just the number three, three times. Came out in 2012. That's the third record out of four. Um, They didn't release anything until, I think it was last year, or maybe, I think it was 2020, actually, is when the fourth one came out. But this came out through Earache Records in 2012. Um, I actually just purchased the... uh, second album the ritualist uh, on vinyl recently and was talking to uh, john perez from solitude eternus who uh, owns and runs the record shop that i go to and uh, we were just kind of talking about this band and how good they were and um it just kind of made me want to play something from them on this episode so here we go off of the third album from 2012 333 This is Hour of Thirteen with The Burning.
Alright, there we go. That's Hour of 13, now based out of California with The Burning. Yeah, that was the last record with Phil Swanson singing. And, um, I mean, even if you don't love his voice, it's at least unique. Like, it kind of stands out. Um, and that's always an important thing in a vocalist is to have it actually stand out from the crowd a little bit. Um, okay, time to finish things up here. Thank you all, as usual, for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. If you want to tell somebody where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com. Uh, or on the free Podbean app. And the entire catalog of episodes is also on Spotify, so you can find it and uh, follow it there. Um, any sort of feedback or requests or notes or anything that you want to send to me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because uh, any sort of updates regarding future episodes or poll questions for you guys, the listeners, or questions regarding, you know, themed episodes, what you guys want to hear, all that. Uh, it's all going to be posted there, so please find and like the Facebook page so you can see all of that good stuff. All right. It was a busy week and a busy weekend. I didn't know if I was going to get this thing done in time, but it looks like it should be released right on time, and I intend to do the same uh, with episode 114 here in two weeks. So, let's wrap things up here. Out of California, in the USA. Lots of Americans this time around. So this band's been around since 87, technically, under this name. But from 83 to 87, they were known as Legacy. That band is Testament. And I love Testament. I was a fan since high school, back when I was just a thrash maniac. That's really all I cared about, and all I wanted to play was thrash back then, uh, before I branched out and, you know... Um, expanded my horizons, but yes, Testament was a very big part of my musical life uh, in high school, and I loved those early records, but uh, the reason I'm playing them now is because I'm sure many people have heard that Gene Hoagland, uh, the drummer, has left uh, Testament, so it was just kind of, they had a tour coming up, and it was one of those, well, who are they going to get? And, you know, they've used John Deddy in the past, uh, were they going to get Paul Bustaff back since, you know, Slayer's not doing anything anymore? Um, but instead, they kind of... A lot of people threw it out there not expecting this to actually happen, but it did. Uh, Dave Lombardo is back in the band. He, of course, played drums on the 1999 album The Gathering, which was kind of a return to form and then some, you know, for Testament back then. Uh, Low was a great record, very catchy songs, but... Um, was kind of uh, definitely it came out in 94 and it kind of had that 90s metal sound to it a little bit and then demonic was a very pretty significant departure for them style wise and then this album the gathering is what kind of brought it all back so they had steve DiGiorgio on bass dave lombardo on drums and uh, i think james murphy was still on lead guitar for this one at the time but a great record really great uh, one of their best in the discography um I also, I mean, the, the follow-up to this, when they reformed um, with Greg Christian on bass and Alex Skolnick, and they had Paul Bostaff on drums, the formation of Damnation, uh, I love that record as well. But uh, The Gathering is a great one. I mean, you know I'm not the biggest uh, Dave Lombardo fan in the world. I think he's a little, little full of himself at times, but um, you can't deny the man's skills. 
So he was drumming for Suicidal Tendencies. I'm not sure if he is still planning on drumming for them and for Testament. I'm sure it'll just depend on what the touring schedule looks like. But, um, but yeah, a lot of people are pretty excited that he's back and they're supposed to be starting their tour um, fairly soon. So hopefully we'll get some, you know, some live footage of them playing uh, with him on drums pretty soon. That'll be cool to see. But um, yes, this album is a good one and has some really intense tunes off of it. I know I've played uh, uh, Legion of the Dead in the episode, the themed episode of like songs that uh, go together. Like there's an original and then like a sequel song. Uh, so I played something off of this record uh, back then, but I'm going to play the closing track from this album because it's one of my favorites off of the record. Excellent closer, very fast, very intense, uh, fast double bass going on, and it's just a really cool tune, so nice energetic way to end things here. So I'll see you guys in two weeks with episode 114. Until then, just take care. This is Testament with Fall of Cypledome. Cheers. <laughs>